Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Micah, and you are listening to the WP Square One podcast. Today we have with us Tom McFarlane. He is a self-employed WordPress developer, dad of two girls, married to his high school sweetheart, and a sweet Instagram influencer for 15 to 20 people at any given moment. He's also an all-around professional, and uh, we're glad to have you, Tom. <laughs> I am a pleasure. Uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Um, you are a pleasure. You are. <laughs> I, I am a, so I've been told, I probably should have led with the Instagram following first, as that's my primary qualifier. Understood. Instagram influencer. But um, I've been told that I am a, I am a pleasure, and on Instagram, that is. Um, and uh, this is already starting off to be a fun podcast, so thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. So um, I need to know more about the uh, the Instagram, uh, which I guess Instagram is better than uh, Pinterest. Maybe I, I don't I don't know. I've never cracked the Pinterest code because <laughs> I've never like and by code, I'm not talking about software, but just in terms of getting a large following, because the things that I would take pictures of or find around the web and pin, no one found it to be interesting like sometimes i would like i so i have two dogs and we've had them for 10 years love them to death big animal person um not a big not that i like big animals i like animals of all sizes so let's qualify that um but if i just share pictures of large animals a lot no no one liked them especially because most of them were not good looking animals like like moose and uh I did take a picture of a Yeti one time. No one really liked that. I took the picture. Uh, I took a picture of a Wampa from Star Wars. No one really liked that. So I just dropped the Pinterest game. But Instagram, on the other hand, that's a whole other story. I get on Instagram, talk about, well, I show photos of running. I show photos of playing the guitar. I show photos of giving my dogs their monthly medicine, give them pictures of car keys. People really like that. People, because they can relate. Everyone, that what follows me has a car so they see car keys and they can relate is that. it a requirement though do you have to have a car to <laughs> oh no no you can just have keys. oh okay good you can just have there's, there's can there are that, so. it's they're like well it's key enthusiasts yeah babies do have a very good point but we call it key like in the in the in the key enthusiast culture we call all we call ourselves key enthusiasts all one word. So we're very interested in the teeth of the key. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, remote entry to cars. So I'm very into uh, machines that you might see in Walmart where you can make a copy of your key, things like that. People love that. And I am a pleasure. It is a pleasure to be a thought leader and influencer with regard to that. Awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> That's why you're just an all-around professional. Yeah. I never want to say I'm a professional anything because then I would be boxing myself in. And I would rather keep that box top open, so to speak. Understood. So, well, let's <laughs> let's jump in, I guess, into some uh, a couple questions. Um, we understand you like keys, uh, mm-hmm. which is important. Um, we need them <laughs> uh, to, to go places and get into things. But what do you do for a living? I'm a professional. <laughs> Thank you. All right, next question. What do you, what do you, I'm just kidding. So I, I am a self-employed WordPress developer and that's the short 
that's the short answer. The longer answer is that I am a self-employed WordPress developer who I enjoy um, applying object-oriented techniques, modern development workflows, and developing high-quality custom solutions for typically um, small businesses and individuals. And I know that high-quality is a bit of a loaded term, maybe a point of a conversation later, but that's the longer version of, of what I do. You also do a bunch of other things too. So what are some of those other things? I, I, uh, I blog regularly. I used to blog five times a week. Wow. Um, I write every day of the week, but I only blog, uh, uh, I only do uh, publish three times a week. Um, enjoy reading, uh, sometimes fiction, sometimes nonfiction. I enjoy jumping on trampolines, not as much as I did when I was a child. And I don't even have a trampoline right now. So the neighbors get really upset if they see a, man jumping on the trampoline and then i also play guitar in fact in fact well they sh shouldn't leave it in an unfenced in backyard but that's another anyway so <laughs> um i also i i'm very very much all in all serious very much into music to the point where there was in, in high school i almost forewent college because i wanted to be in a band and thought I could do this. And, uh, as it turns out, that's a, that, that is a very, not the type of like that did not align with the goals that I had set for my life. So I still play and jam with people uh, and I have played with other bands kind of like around, but right now it's pretty much just me hanging out in my house, jamming and, and in all seriousness, I will put videos of that on Instagram. Um, at the time of the recording, I'm taking a month off of social media. So, everything's I'm either logged out of or it's marked as private. So there's nothing really going on my social stuff right now. You actually had gotcha. goals while you were like, you know, in college or before college. I'll in, in all honesty. Now I could totally joke about this in all honesty when we got, so we had a Apple IIe when I was, when I was a kid, but um, I was a little too young to fully grok the, uh, mm, the technical aspect of it as a hobby. My dad was a amateur radio operator. I was very interested in that. Very interested in electronics. Um, got like a, uh, where you could build like a transistor radio as a kid, got a kit for that when I was a kid. And then we got a, our first computer, I believe in, um, 93, April of 1993. And I was immediately intrigued and we prodigy was our first internet service. I don't know if either of you use that, but I used, I knew it. But yeah, <laughs> yes, you were aware of it. <laughs> so we were, so we, so we had Prodigy and um, you can really, I mean, you know, you had like, I guess the equivalent of like channels or boards, uh, kind of like bulletin boards on AOL. Then we moved to AOL and, and anyway, I, I lived out where we had uh 14, four K and then we got 56 K and then we had fifth or no 20. Then we get no fourteen four to twenty eight eight. Then we got fifty six k, but the fifty six k was what stayed for a while. Then we had cable, but it was only down, so it was cable down and then phone up. Weird. So gaming was out, but yeah. So starting back in literally nineteen ninety three, I was nine years old. Um, I well, actually, yeah. So um, I had an insatiable curiosity of like, how is what I'm seeing on the screen getting there? And how is it responding to what I'm entering on the keyboard? How is it knowing to paint these colors? How is it knowing to draw this material? How is it? How is how does this machine work? So, um, the short of it, 
because this carried me all the way through high school and all the way through college, um, was I want to do something with computers and I want to do, and then as I got more and more into learning how to write code and things like that, I wanted to write software for a living. And so I am one of the few people in my, I don't know, friend group, peer group. What, what's the, what are, what are the cool kids saying? Squad. I'm one of the few people in my squad. (laughs) Click. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I, I went to school, knew what I wanted to major in, majored in it, got out of school, and then pursued a job in it, and haven't changed careers since. And um, I do consider that to be um, that I know that I have learned that that's an exception to the rule, so I don't take it for granted. I totally agree. I, I get it. I kind of had the same cool. type of, uh, I guess, background. So I knew I, when I was 12, I built my first computer, and I knew from that point on. I wanted to know how to do that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff. So he was he was too broke to be able to afford one. He had to build yes. his own to smooth spare pods. He had laying around. But, <laughs> uh, but it's, there's like truth to that because it is cheaper to build your own. And uh, I will say, in uh, I cost my parents so much money destroying things <laughs> as I was trying to figure it out, but. Once you get it figured out, then you start modding Xboxes. And then you're the guy at school who has DVD, like a DVD, uh, uh, DVD RW and, and, and a couple of hard drives in your Xbox. And you're playing Super Nintendo emulation. I mean, you know, it, it, it spirals. Super geeky. Yeah, I thought it was fun that you said you your first. Well, I don't know if it was really your first computer, but you said you had an Apple IIe. That mm-hmm. was the first computer that I had as well, mm-hmm. and then ended up writing my first program in Apple Basic on that. I think it was a number guessing game, but uh, did, nothing too complicated. Did Apple Basic was it? So I wrote. I, I did learn a little bit of Basic on there, but it was like uh, you know, line ten do something. Line twenty, do something. Line thirty, go back to ten, right? <laughs> <Or> go to ten. <laughs> yeah. So it was. Uh, <clears throat> nice. I am a professional. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Always have been. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit more about um, your company and how that got going, and you know what, uh, you know how big is it? Who's involved? All that kind of good stuff. Yeah, for sure. So my company started out when I was in um, college, actually, I formed an LLC. Now I grew up in a, in a family of uh, my, my, my dad is in the construction industry, a uh, commercial storefront industry, but he's self-employed. And um, I am not at all interested in that industry, clearly. Um, and because I'm sitting here in front of a computer, not working on storefront and aluminum frames and whatnot but but this entrepreneurial itch and i i use that term with i use that term carefully because i do think that anyone like a a lot of people will call themselves an entrepreneur and i don't want the attributes that are currently ascribed to that title to necessarily be ascribed to me i just knew um early on hey i could get paid to do work that i enjoy doing that's kind of what a business is. So let me go from there. So I had the advantage of having my parents be really good examples of how to do that. So anyway, in college, I set up an LLC 
form the whole articles of uh, articles of organization, <laughs> articles of confederation, wow. articles of organization. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to clip that. Well, we'll clip that. All right. Let me back up. <laughs> so please do. So, uh, okay. One, two, three. So in college, I set up my uh, LLC and I had, I went through the whole process officially with a lawyer drew up articles of organization, things like that. And then anytime I would do custom work for anyone, which was primarily, even then um, I was built like, so in school I was doing assembly and C and then moved up to Java and then Ruby on Rails. And then my first job out of school, and we can talk about this in a minute, was in .NET, but I was building um, websites with some applic like some CRUD operations between PHP and MySQL. And then, um, I just had a, a small group of customers that I worked with. And then I worked for a large company here in the Atlanta area for about three and a half years as a software engineer and then a team lead doing .NET development. And it was a fantastic job. But at the same time, you know, you're young, you're working. And I was married at the time. We didn't have children. Or I, well, I'm still married. <laughs> but I, we were married at the time. And we didn't have children. So I'd come home and then I would do my contract work. And as the contract work increased, I felt that it was the time my wife and I made the decision that like it now's the time to make the jump to self-employment. So I did. And from there, I was doing custom web applications in Ruby on Rails, PHP, MySQL, and then also just building out websites, permitting I could find a halfway decent designer because I am not. And then through WordPress, which I was using at the time, and we can talk about my history with that later too, if it comes up. Yeah. What what year are you talking uh, for using, using WordPress? So I actually started using WordPress in 2003. Well, I, I tinkered with it in 2003. I started using it as a blogger in 2005. And then I began to do some light customizations here and there because I was familiar with how PHP and, and, and Apache and MySQL all fit together and started doing some minor tweaking here and there. But I was using WordPress as a blog, just a blog and basically as a public notebook of here's what I'm learning as a um, computer science student. And here's what I'm learning now that I'm in the real world with this degree. Here's the difference. Here's what it's like. Here's what I've learned. Just, you know, different things like that. And then people began to want um, WordPress customizations. And then I also began to notice around 2007, 2009, in those two years, began to view WordPress as a foundation for web applications. I don't want to say framework. I don't, I don't see it as a framework. I see it as a foundation. And so I took, I took that and said, okay, I'm going to basically double down on WordPress, I'm going to forego Ruby on Rails and everything else, and I'm going to go for this. And so I said, I'm going to be building software on WordPress, and then thus Pressware. And then as far as the company is concerned, I currently have uh, a contractor who works with me regularly. He currently lives in Mexico, though he's one of the nomadic types. <clears throat> he's from the UK originally. His name's Toby Chappell. And then Carl Alexander, who lives in Montreal, uh, works with us every now and then. And then I also have a just uh, assistant is not even the right word. I like using the term operations who helps me with email and, and invoicing all of that. Uh, Kate DeRosia. 
and so they all work with me to keep the keep the business running. Cool. So I always like to ask, and I know that you've done a lot of, you know, articles and whatnot on training and teaching other people to become better developers. Um, what would you say would be the advice you'd give to somebody who's like a new developer uh, who's trying to learn as well as a more advanced developer who's trying to become better? Um, go ahead. It's a, that's a good question, because, but I do think it, because of the nature and the state of WordPress as it stands right now, I would follow it up with a question of, well, are you interested more in building um, server-side with a light bit of front-end, or are you interested in primarily building front-end that might call into a provided API or something like that? And then, I and then from there, I, I would offer advice. So... If you're looking for essentially a theme developer or someone to do child themes or someone to build out some custom templates, then I would say it's important to understand the template hierarchy. It's understand it's it's important to understand. Uh, and this what I'm about to say is actually relevant to both. It's important to understand out of all the hosts that are out there, it's you should know the the database system or the database server and the version on which you'll be working. And the same is true of, of PHP, although that's a little more important for server-side developers. And then also to un really understand the template hierarchy so that you can build really clean um, front-end templates because uh, the templating, there's a lot of templating engines out there and WordPress just, you know, as you guys know, and anyone who's listening, it has template tags. WordPress offers template tags, not necessarily an engine. And it's important to understand the difference in say the underscore ID function versus get the ID. And then it's very important to understand your escaping functions and why you would want to escape uh, data coming from the database. And then I would also say as far as JavaScript is concerned, you will get a very wide, I think that if you lined up 10 people who work in WordPress, you'd get a different answer on this. I would say um, it's important to understand the, J, the, the JavaScript fundamentals, and then it's important to understand and know how to work with jQuery because uh, jQuery does is included with WordPress. And if you want to have your work maintainable over time, I think it's important to stick with the tools that are bundled with what you're doing rather than diverging too far. And then also as far as CSS is concerned, even though vanilla CSS is still fine, I am a big fan of SAS because I think understanding variables, mix-ins, um, and it's all these terms basically that, you know, like, like, like functions, things like that, that allow us to build more modular CSS that can, you can conceptually map a JavaScript file and a SAS file and then a template, and you can name them all something similar, organize them something simpler, then use a build tool in order to um, uh, put it all together. Now I could answer the other side of the question for server side, but I also feel as if I'm going on quite a long time just about front end alone. Yeah. So any any <laughs> um, any high level like outside of languages and that kind of thing, like uh, I don't know, how, like what was the most thing that the biggest thing that was most influential in your learning how to code well? I guess. Um, well, I come so my background is in object oriented programming, 
And some people will live and die by the argument of you should be an object-oriented programmer or you should be a procedural programmer. Um, object orientation works much like how my mind does. So like that is why I very much like it. And there are other advantages to it, but that isn't to say that I dislike procedural programming. Now you can write procedural code in WordPress and there are a ton of plugins that are written procedurally and there's a ton of plugins written in object oriented in an object oriented fashion. And then there's also these weird hybrids that are out there. So I would say <clears throat> if I had to give like starting at ground zero, the best advice that I could give is to a talk to other people who are already immersed in the WordPress economy and find out who are the people you should be following. Because if you don't do that, you run the risk of starting off already setting yourself too far behind the finish line because you're going to be following someone who may not be espousing good advice or who may be teaching things that are not necessarily the way that you will, that, that are not necessarily good for scalability or maintainability. And then from there, if a person is willing to uh, answer questions or just hop on a call with you and do some consulting for just an hour where you can just pick their brain. I think that's important. And then also gather a set of blogs. Now I'm someone who still subscribes to things via RSS. So people do Twitter lists, whatever, what have you, but make sure that you're reading um, both source code uh, via things like GitHub or just other plugins that you like. And then also in uh, talk to other people and don't be afraid to ask questions the worst thing that can happen is someone will say, uh, well, the worst thing is they just don't answer you. But the other thing is they may say, I don't have time right now. And then perhaps they can schedule another time to talk with you. True. And I've always heard uh, if you're looking for a code mentor or a mentor in general, you never actually walk up to them and say, will you be my mentor? You always say, hey, do you need yeah. help with XYZ? I'm excellent at this. And maybe you could show me a little about what you know. And uh, I think that works pretty well. But uh, I agree. I think that's a really good point because um, everyone sees the value in mentorship, but no one, no, no one's, or, you know, everyone, people see the value in mentorship, but no one sends out and says, hello, I am prepared to be your right. mentor. No one, no one, no one evangelizes their desire to be a mentor unless you're like in the business of mentoring which is what you've seen kind of in a software craftsmanship movement. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to someone and saying, like being proactive, what can I help you with? This is where I am. What is something I can help you with? Not only to benefit you, but also to learn. Yep. Lol. <laughs> I am here. So you guys were having a good conversation about stuff. And uh, I feel, you know, like I know that um, I'm, you guys are a much better uh, developer uh, than I, you know, my, the plugins that I've written and stuff are, are relatively simple, relatively, uh, you know, I'll say low key, um, you know, but uh, so, you know, I'm more procedural than object oriented, you know, um, but I always try to learn, uh, you know, from, from people that are smarter uh, than me, you know, in the, in the WordPress community, there are a ton of uh, people that are, are willing to teach, um, you know, yeah. And it, and it might not be going up and saying, will you teach me? Will you make me awesome? You know, but, um, but there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot out there. 
um, you know, for you to be able to learn. So, but uh, question wise, um, mm-hmm. you know, so trying to follow a little uh, schedule here, but um, your uh, your competition. So I know I know that you're in the Atlanta area, um, you know, but uh, as as all of us are, um, but mm-hmm. you. What what sets you apart as far as competition? Like, who is your? Well, I guess we don't want to cover that, but you know, what what sets you apart from your competition that's out there? So, I, my answer to this is I don't know if it's unique or not. I know that when you talk to business people, they oftentimes will say, um, "Given this market, we have this competition, and we need to be able to generate leads, and from there." Um, have customer acquisition, et cetera. I don't, I don't, and I understand like when you're at a certain scale, that's how you have to operate. But for me, what I, the way that I try to position the business is a, I want to be able to deliver high quality solutions. I'll talk about that in just a minute to the small business and individual. And then over the last few years, I've really tried to position myself as um, hiring developers to work in-house can be very expensive and that is not necessarily a bad thing, but <clears throat> there is overhead that comes with hiring uh, as human capital, as they say. So I try to position myself as why not just high, like contract Pressware to be your development department. And then I'll go through the process of explaining the advantages as to why, and then what I can bring to the table. And now in terms of what I can bring to the table, this is where the high quality comes in. Now, I will say that first and foremost, I am always learning. I am not, I, I do not think that I, like, I, I am trying to work with people who are uh, more educated than me or smarter than me so that I can learn from them, like you guys have said. So there are, there are, way, there are times where, um, Using the latest and greatest technology is great for learning. And there are times where you've got to be a little more pragmatic. And that's just the nature of working within a budget. So with that said, to me, high quality implies it worked for the user. It meets the requirements that they want. But not only does it meet the requirements they want, you have an ongoing discussion of what's been done or what is intended to be done. You have short feed or small feedback loops so that you're able to make sure that you are delivering what they have expected or what they were thinking. And if not, you're able to course correct without having to throw away a chunk of code that doesn't work uh, or that doesn't work as a a requirement was stated. And then it's also, uh, there's a level of testability that I uh, am, am, I'm very much about, um, I'm very much about unit testing, but not in the sense of TDD, like red, green, repeat, and get 80% coverage. Um, I have, I think it depends on the project, but I do have like uh, parameters that I say, okay, I want to have this much coverage over these particular classes. So for example, um, I'll namespace anything that interfaces directly with WordPress, like menus, custom post types, taxonomies, meta boxes, et cetera. I don't unit test that because that's interfacing with WordPress core. That's not really part of the problem domain. But when I have factories or I have models and uh, repositories and things like that. Anything that's operating on business logic, I unit test that. And then I will put in certain tools that will 
sniff and lint and run the tests on the code before I can co even commit it to GitHub or to, to get um, wherever the repository may be. So that it says, uh-uh, you got to fix these problems before you're even allowed to commit this code. So there's that level that I'm cons consistently striving to get better at doing when building solutions for other people. It's interesting. And when you're working with a bunch of contractors, I would imagine that's extremely helpful because then your quality control yes. is almost built in outside of, obviously, I'm sure you review we all, whatever submitted. Um, we all do code reviews of one another and we make sure um, if the project's large enough, we will do, uh, we add an extra level of continuous integration. So we will have the tooling running on our own machines, but then also on a virtual machine through something like Circle and, um, or Circle CI and uh, have it determine whether or not a branch can be merged. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, that's always fun. I always enjoy doing a lot of the, um, that kind of work, but, um, Aaron, you were trying to say something earlier. I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah, I got a, yeah, I got a quick question. So I, I have a little, uh, little rails background too. And that's, that's where, so I kind of, I'm one of the people that's just a self-taught, you know, PHP guy that was kind of, uh, building websites using, you know, HTML, then the person says, Hey, I need to do a form, you know? And so like, oh, okay, mm -hmm. how can I do that? And then, so I'm like, well, PHP will work, you know? Uh, so I learned some PHP, uh, but I got into rails and I love the, um, the, the test, um, man, I can't even think of what it's called. Uh, we would use cucumber, um, and use, mm -hmm. uh, selenium to do like some, uh, user testing and whatnot. Um, and that's, that I feel like is kind of lost in the, uh, the WordPress uh, community. I don't see too many people actually doing uh, testing. Um, so that's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. There's a handful of people out there that are, they'll talk about it. You see them talk about it a little bit on Twitter. You may hear them talking about it at WordCamp, but the unit like testing is just for whatever reason, um, even though we know it's something that can provide <laughs> a level of quality with our right. uh, w with our customers, it's not exciting to talk about because nothing happens on the screen when a test passes. You don't press a button and something cool happens. Um, but it's something that, uh, like, so in Rails, yes, there are uh, Cucumber and Selenium. And with JavaScript, I believe there was QUnit. And um, then uh, for... Uh, let's see. I, I did use Selenium. However, now there's uh, uh, Behat, which is behavioral testing. So you can write uh, behavioral tests um, for your browser that way. Selenium's still out there and doing its thing. But because I tend to stay on the back end, I am usually using um, PHP in it. It's interesting. So, yeah, that's that's cool. Um, well, what, uh, Mike, I'm going to hand it over to you, my friend. Sure. Yeah. I. Uh... <laughs> I'm a bit of a uh, productivity, uh, always trying to learn more about productivity, and you seem like a very productive person. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what, is, what is your average morning day look like for you? Like, what do you do to, you know, what habits do you have in place that help keep you, you know, on track and moving things forward? Yeah. So I, I'm also one of those people who is big into productivity. Um, <clears throat> 
to the point where sometimes I think we try to be so productive that we end up being <laughs> right. anti-productive. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so for me, my typical morning is um, I get up and I've been working on a, I've been trying to get up a little bit early or every, like every morning or every, I'm sorry, every <laughs> 1 morning I set my alarm 10 <laughs> minutes earlier. Now there is a limit to how early I want to get up, but um, like, I'm not going to back in, but yeah, I was like, I just went to bed at 1.15. I guess I can't sleep now. So back out of the bed. No. Um, but yeah, I try to, now, now that our, we have uh, two girls that are six and four. And so I'm able, and since I work from home, people will always be like, well, how come you don't want to, how do you not do the dishes and how do you not go play games? And to me, it's, well, I got my office and I, I have work to do. I got to provide for a family and I enjoy what I do. So there's that. So my typical morning is I get up. If the girls are downstairs, I go and say, Hey to them. Um, if they're upstairs, I say, Hey to them. And then, um, I will usually start off the day by, uh, well, I, I just drink water and coffee. So I'll get, I, I normally drink a big glass of water and then I drink, um, I'll drink coffee. I write a blog post. I answer all the emails from the night before and then I'll do any kind of like outstanding menial tasks that might need to be done. Um, I believe it was Mark Twain that said this, although I think there's a little there. there I'd have to look and see if there, there's some debate as to who may have really said it, but it's uh, <clears throat> it's this idea that it's called swallowing the frog, which is if you swallow <laughs> the frog the first thing in the day, then you can't go anywhere but uphill because you've done the worst first. So, I try to take care of all of the things that I need to take care of. Now, here's the thing. I enjoy writing and I enjoy, um, I don't mind communicating with people via email, but there are certain administrative tasks that I need to get done that I don't necessarily like doing because it's not writing and it's not programming. It's not talking to customers and it's not working in or on the business. So I try to knock all of those out. And then I will normally, right now I will go for a run. Every quarter or so I mix up the type of workouts that I'm doing. But right now Kicking I'm things, a running kick. And, um, that, that doesn't even make sense, a running kick. Like a, I, I'm not running around the neighborhood kicking things. So like a, I go for a run. And then uh, I, I set goals like for my, I set goals for myself in terms of um, uh, I want to run X number of miles per month. I want to run and I want to do, I want to, I want, and then per week, I want to be able to get my, or every two weeks, I want to be able to get my average mile speed at a certain point. So I'll do that. And then after I'm done with that, I come back and then it's pretty much focus the rest of the day on um, uh, programming and project-based related tasks. And uh, there are times where, you know, sometimes you get so close to a problem that you got to take a break. So I might pick up the guitar and mess around with it for 10, 15 minutes and see if a solution doesn't come to me or try to tackle the problem a little bit. Sometimes I'll, I go downstairs and I talk to Megan and I'm, I say, okay, I know that you're not going to have any idea what I'm talking about, but I'm just going to, and not, I mean, she's tech savvy, but she, at the same time, if I just drop like, okay, I'm working on this thing. I've got the model going, I've got the factories going, I've got the um, client communicating with a third party API, but something isn't working right. And I got to figure out why. And so I just start spouting off all the things and do doing basically a think aloud session and then talking to someone who just <laughs> listens is as far as I can tell, I can say, Oh, I got it. And then I'll walk upstairs. She hasn't said a word. And then I will come back upstairs and continue working. I try to end the day 
um, answering any important emails. I don't necessarily try to get to inbox zero as some people will um, try to evangelize saying this is what you should do by the end of the day. But um, anything that's critical. And then at night, it's dinner with the kids. They get their uh, showers. We have our whole nighttime routine. And then sometimes after that, Megan and I may watch a show together. We're both, um, she's a voracious reader. So sometimes she just will read. Sometimes um, I'll read. Sometimes I'll do something with music. Sometimes I used to work, but I try not to work anymore after the girls go to sleep. And then, uh, or I'll watch a, like a, I'll watch a TV show. Um, and by TV show, I mean something, uh, something streaming. And I'm very much into thriller and horror. So I'll watch shows like that. Um, and by horror, I don't mean like we're just going to, gratuitously show blood or gratuitously remove somebody's body part. I, I mean, psychological gotcha. or thriller, <laughs> things like that. Thank you for clarifying. We were, that was, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it's we like didn't that. start off with that. So before, <laughs> before, this is why I'm a professional right. and why I'm right. an Instagram influencer. <laughs> right. And why I was never able to get a, a good following on Pinterest. <laughs> I, got, I got banned on Pinterest because I was taking pictures. I of the haven't shows found I anyone on Pinterest who's been really good at posting horror photos. So, no, I have found that uh, Reddit might be a better place for that. <laughs> I, no, I'm kidding. I mean, it might be, Maybe. but I don't go looking for this. <laughs> I read the creepy pasta stories. Well, you are a professional, so I just take everything at at, at yeah. face value. There, I, so. I need to. I don't know the different. Whoever listens nice. to this podcast, if English is not their primary language, I've got to be more clear, or I've got to be clearer of what I'm joking, because <laughs> that has not always translated well. <laughs> awesome well um this wouldn't be the wp square one podcast without asking you this question if you had to start back at square one uh what would you have done differently oh wow um would this is this assuming that i am starting at square one also with the level of knowledge that i had at the beginning or with the level of knowledge that i have now i think it would be uh Either one would be would be fine. I think um, I would I would probably okay. maybe prefer, given what you know what you know now, because I think a lot of people who are listening might could take from what you know and maybe avoid certain things. You know. Yeah, for sure. So if I had to go back to square one, square one, and I said, "Hey, I want to start a business that's going to be uh, based on WordPress." what would I do differently? The first thing is to make sure I am surrounding myself with podcasts, blogs, and uh, people if time allows. There was a time where I was attending meetups and word camps all the time. Um, as, as, as life has gotten more complicated through other responsibilities, I've had to change priorities a little bit. Um, but it's always very easy to have people available on um, some, on say Twitter, although that's that's a maybe. But then having <clears throat> um, having people that you are aware of who are writing good content or sharing code, who are explaining the rationale behind why they solved a problem a certain way and how you might want to change change it. I think it's important to um, uh, understand the. I think it's important to have the codex or the developer handbook always ha uh, handy to uh, because you may think, oh man, I got to write this query. And then you find out that it's already been done. 
And sometimes interfacing directly with the database works great. Maybe that's what you need. Sometimes using a built-in function or a built-in API is a better, safer way to go. So having those kind of resources of um, open and remembering to use it is important. Um, the WordPress Stack Exchange is pretty good. Uh, there are some very smart people answering questions on there. Sometimes people will look at them and say, like, this answer is so ridiculously long. I don't have time to read this. Well, yes, you do. I, I think that you do have time to read it. If, if you don't have time to read a good answer that will help you become better as a developer, then I question whether or not you really want to become better as a developer. And so um, then I also think I would have a solid business book available. And I don't necessarily mean a business textbook um, or necessarily like a bone dry uh, economics textbook, but something about um, having like the importance of having an accountant and having a CPA, understanding the different types of corporations, at least as far as it's concerned in your country, um, and then how to manage the money coming in and how to manage money when you need to pay yourself, uh, paying contractors, how you need to handle expenses, what you can write off, what you can't write off, things like that. So that you're basically all above board. You, I mean, I try to run my business uh, the same way that I do my personal life, integrity, honesty, all of those. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to pause it. No one's going to sit there and, and, and attribute negative, negative things. But like, you know, I'm dishonest in my personal life, but I'm really honest in business. So you really want to know sure. business because I'm a professional. And so... Um, but you get you get what I'm saying. Like you want to be able to uh, create the. I think it's important to have parity in how you are at work and how you are at home or with your friends because you have less to really worry about. Like you'll hear sometimes people saying things like "always be selling," and I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think blogging and showing your work and helping other people is maybe that maybe that is a method of always selling. But I don't have that mindset of constantly trying to sell. It's just trying to do good work, trying to solve problems for good people um, and uh, or in, in a good way. And uh, and then also just if there's future work, let them know that you would be honored to work with them or that you've enjoyed work with them. <laughs> and if, <laughs> if you don't want to work with them again, finish the project and thank them for the opportunity and <laughs> go away. <laughs> Yeah, you go away. Change your email address. Awesome, Tom. Well, thank you. How can uh, how can everyone uh, get a hold of you? Uh, obviously, uh, Pinterest, right? Uh. <laughs> yes, Pinterest is the number one way to get uh, because no one's following me there. It'd be very easy to follow me on Pinterest. Um, but more seriously, um, Twitter. When I'm on it, I tend to take time off of all social media about once every two or three months as kind of a detox. So, um, but Twitter, and it's my name, at Tom McFarlane. That is probably BBS, the best way, or the contact form on my website, TomMcFarlane.com slash contact. <laughs> and then I try to respond to every email. I do get quite a bit of spam or quite a bit of solicitations. I read it all. I don't respond to it all. But if it's a genuine question, um, absolutely, I'll respond. And then just chatting with me on Twitter. I'm, I, I tend to respond to anything that's not like, hey, go check this out. Um and if someone says, hey, can I get your eyes on yeah. this? That that to me falls under consulting. So you're not going to see me going up to someone and or like if you ping me and say, hey, code review this, please. And then let me know what you think. I 
well, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, so yeah, Twitter. Um, if you're into follow, if you, in, in all seriousness, I'm not an influencer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not an Instagram influencer, but if you're into seeing just random photos, some silly, um, or and some videos, a lot of guitar clips, I'm on Instagram, same handle at Tom McFarlane. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This was this was fun. Yeah. Cool. Be. And I will see you around, hopefully, uh, at a local meetup soon. Yeah. Maybe. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Maybe. I was. I mean. Yeah. Who knows? It depends on the schedule. All right. See you, man. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Later.